Welcome to Ebenezer Baptist Church on Sunday, March 17, 2013. Today's message is titled, Which Rich Man Are You? by Pastor Ryan Cochran and based on scripture, Luke chapter 18, verses 18 to 23, and Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Today we're going to be looking at the stories of two rich men, two different stories, but we're going to see today that the two stories are about the same thing. In both of these stories, Jesus calls people to turn away from their possessions, to repent from their possessions, and to turn to Jesus and to become his friend. And in these stories, we're going to see two very different responses to this invitation. And this morning, the question that we're going to ask, the question this, that this word is going to ask is this. Which rich man are you? Which of these two men are you like? In what ways do you need to repent, to turn away from your possessions and believe? Believe that happiness and satisfaction comes from a relationship with God and not a relationship with your money. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you for these stories. Lord, for many of us who have grown up in the church, they are stories that we have heard dozens of times. The story of the rich ruler and the story of Zacchaeus. Lord, I pray that we would hear them in a new way today. Lord, that we would come to a deeper understanding of your salvation. Amen. May the Lord be with you. As Luke writes his gospel, he is very careful in these two chapters, chapter 18 and 19, to place these two men, the one man that we come to know as the rich young ruler, and Zacchaeus, he's very careful to place them side by side. Luke compares and contrasts these two men as two men who are given an opportunity to repent and believe. Two men who encounter Jesus, who have some conversation with Jesus, and who are invited to follow Jesus. One of them goes away sad and the other one goes away with his life changed. And Luke closely ties these two stories together, and in a moment I'm going to show you all of the ways that he does that. But here at the beginning of my sermon this morning, I want to tell you what the whole point of this sermon is about. At the end of the story of the rich young ruler, Jesus says those famous words, How difficult is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. And when everyone hears Jesus say this, they're shocked because in their minds, wealth and status were reflections of God's blessing, reflections of God's acceptance on that person. And so they ask the question, Who can be saved? If this rich ruler, this man who has kept all of the commandments for his entire life, if he can't be saved, 
then who can be saved? Who can be saved? That's how the story of the rich young ruler ends, with this question, who then can be saved? The story of Zacchaeus is the story of another rich man, and his story ends not with a question, but with a statement. Salvation has come to this house today. The story of Zacchaeus is an answer to the question, who then can be saved? And the answer to the question is very simple. We can be saved when Jesus calls us and when we respond. Salvation comes when Jesus calls us and when we respond. So I want to show you all of the ways that that Luke carefully ties these two stories together. Let's look first at the ways that Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler are similar to one another. First, Luke is very uh, careful to tell us that both of them are rich. Both the rich ruler and Zacchaeus are both very wealthy, according to Luke. Secondly, both of these men are rulers, and Luke tells us so. The NIV translation does not bring this out very clearly, but uh, with the Greek text, uh, the Greek text uses the word archon, which is the word for ruler, in order to, to describe both the rich ruler and also Zacchaeus. The rich ruler is a certain ruler, and Zacchaeus is a ruler of the tax collectors, the archon of the tax collectors. They are both rulers. Luke intentionally draws parallels between these two men. They are both rich, and they are both rulers. And we also see in this story that Luke very deliberately contrasts these two men, shows that there are some strong differences between them. We see, first of all, in the way that each of them approach Jesus. The rich ruler, certainly because of his status, because he was a man of respect among the crowds, he's able to walk right through all of the crowds and gain an audience with Jesus. The rich young ruler, because of his, uh, because of his wealth, because of his status, the crowds make way for him so that he can come and talk with Jesus. Zacchaeus, as we famously know from the song, was a wee little man. Yes, a wee little man was he. And he wasn't able to get through the crowds. He wasn't able to see Jesus. He had to climb up into a tree just to see him. The rich ruler walks right up to Jesus and asks him a question. Zacchaeus has to go to a whole lot of trouble just to see Jesus. Most obviously, these two men are contrasted by their response to Jesus. The rich ruler hears Jesus' invitation and becomes sad and walks away from Jesus, while Zacchaeus hears Jesus' invitation and Jesus comes to his home for a meal. By the end of the story, Zacchaeus becomes Jesus' friend. I suggest to you that Luke very deliberately holds these two rich rulers side by side. Their stories are separated by just a few verses in the Gospel of Luke, and he holds them up side by side, and he asks the question, which rich man are you? Two men are invited by Jesus to follow him. 
Two men are given an invitation. One of them walks away. The other receives and follows and becomes a friend of Jesus. Which of these two men are you? Let's first look at the story of the rich ruler. In this story, a rich ruler approaches Jesus and asks him a question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is a common question. There were quite a few people who came to Jesus in his ministry and asked him this question about eternal life. And Jesus responds to the man by by quoting five of the Ten Commandments. And the man hears them and responds in great confidence, I have kept these since I was very young. And Jesus responds by saying, you still lack one thing. And Jesus tells him to do something that is still shocking to us today and was certainly shocking to those who heard it. Jesus says to him, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. Jesus, the Son of God, he has divine wisdom and insight into this man's heart, and he sees that there was one thing that this man lacked. This man was living according to the values and the principles of the kingdom of the world. He believed that as long as he followed a few commandments, he could check them off his list and move on. All the while, he missed the whole purpose of those commandments, the whole purpose of the law, which was to Help us to love God and to love our neighbor. At the end of this story, we see that this man loved his wealth more than he loved God and more than he loved his neighbor. And so when Jesus tells him to sell everything, to give it to the poor and to follow him, he becomes very sad because he knows that there is no way that he can do what Jesus has asked him to do. In this story, this man comes and counters the lordship of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. The lordship of Jesus Christ reminds this man that his possessions do not belong to him. His possessions belong to God, and they are for the benefit of God's kingdom. In the culture that Jesus lived in, wealth was used in order to accumulate status and honor, to build up the right kinds of relationships with the right kinds of people. People would give money or would offer hospitality only to those people who they knew could offer them something back. And no doubt in this man's life, that's what he did, the way he used his wealth to gain things from other people. He donated to all of the right causes. He invited the right people into his home, all in hopes that he would receive something back, some status or some honor. But Jesus tells him to do something else with it. Jesus says to use your wealth to give it to those people who cannot give to you anything back. Give it to the poor. People who cannot return any kind of status or favor to you. This is how I want you to use your money. The man went away sad because money was his Lord. The wealth and possessions that he had gave him status in society, allowed him to use his wealth to get greater status. He went away sad because his love for money and his selfishness condemned him. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, 
And we read in the story that not only was he a tax collector, but he was the leader of the tax collectors, the ruler of the tax collectors. Zacchaeus was likely well known in the area for being a thief, for being a Jewish person who had turned his back on his people, who was serving Rome for his own personal financial gain. He was the worst of the worst. He was in that group of people called tax collectors and sinners that so many people condemn Jesus for serving and for caring for. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, Luke has been very focused on Jesus' ministry to tax collectors and sinners. Over and over again, we see salvation coming to people like Zacchaeus, people who are considered outsiders of the people of God. Tax collectors and sinners are frequently found in the Gospel of Luke as those who are receiving Jesus. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, we also read that those who are rich and those who are in authority are those who consistently reject Jesus, who are not able to follow Jesus, who hear his message and turn their back on him. The rich and the powerful consistently reject Jesus in his message. The tax collectors and the sinners are entering the kingdom of God. The rulers and the rich are rejecting the kingdom of God. But in Zacchaeus, we find a man who is all of these things. He is a tax collector. He is a sinner. He is a ruler. And he is a rich person. So how will Jesus respond to him? The one who's not in the category uh, only of tax collector and sinner, but also is in the category of a rich person and a person in authority. How will Jesus respond to him? And how will he respond to Jesus? In the story of Zacchaeus, I think Luke wants us to, wants us to know that in Jesus' life and ministry, it was not only for the poor or the unrighteous or the powerless, but Christ also came for those who were wealthy and righteous and powerful. The call to repent and believe is for all people, and we see all people in some way embodied in Zacchaeus. And in the story of Zacchaeus, we see a man who repents and believes, a man who turns away from his own life and turns to Christ. And I want us to look at the steps in Zacchaeus' relationship with Jesus and how it is that he comes to a point where he repents and believes. The first thing that we see in this story is that Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. He calls Zacchaeus by name. Salvation is God's initiative in our life. We are saved by God's grace and his action toward us. Zacchaeus is called by name. We don't know how Jesus knew Zacchaeus' name. Maybe the Holy Spirit revealed it to him in that moment. Maybe Zacchaeus was just so notorious in that area that everyone just kind of knew who he was. We don't know how, but Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and calls him by name. Jesus knew Zacchaeus. And this is still the way that God works in our lives as well. He calls us by name. He knows you. 
He knows who you are. He knows what you do and what you think about. He knows you better than yourself. And as he desires you to come to know him, he calls you by name. He knows you. He calls you to himself. And the second thing that Jesus says to Zacchaeus is, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house. Now this may seem a little bit rude of Jesus. Zacchaeus, set the table for 13. Me and my friends are coming to your house today. But what Jesus was saying to Zacchaeus was simply this. Zacchaeus, I want to be your friend. In every culture throughout history, sharing a meal with someone is deeply relational. It's about friendship. And this was certainly true in the culture of Jesus' day and time. To enter into someone's house, to share a meal with them, was saying to them and to everyone else around who would know that we are friends. And this is what Jesus does to Zacchaeus. And we can only imagine how much this must have meant to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was considered by those around him as an outsider. He knew what people thought of him. And now Jesus is coming to his house. Jesus has received him as his friend. And we know, on the flip side, that it would have made a lot of people angry. And it did make a lot of people angry. In verse 7, it says, All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. In this story, we see that Jesus calls us by name and that he wants to be our friend. This is what he says to each of us. Ryan, I want to be your friend. Trudy, I want to be your friend. Rick, I want to be your friend. Joseph, I want to be your friend. This is what Jesus says to each of us. He calls us by name, and he invites us into friendship with him. This is where our repentance and our belief begins. It begins when we see and experience God's love and care for us. It's when Zacchaeus saw that Jesus reached out to him, knew him, and loved him enough to embrace him. That's when Zacchaeus' life changed. That's when he was able to repent and to believe. When we come to know in our own life that Jesus calls us by name and that he has embraced us when we were sinners and wants to be our friend, that's when we can repent and believe. Romans 5 tells us that while we were God's enemies, Christ died for us and reconciled us to him. Reconciled, it's kind of a big theological word, but it's all about friendship. Being reconciled is the opposite of being enemies. While we were far away from God, the death of Christ brings us together. When we were enemies of God, through Christ we are now called friends. Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. He tells him that he wants to be his friend. This is the action of God in Zacchaeus' life to bring this man who was an enemy of God, an enemy of God's plans and purposes, an enemy of God's people, 
Christ comes to him and invites him to be his friend. Who then can be saved? We are saved when Jesus calls us and when we respond. And look at how Zacchaeus responds. Verses 8 and 9. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said, Salvation today has come to this house. There is no other way to describe Zacchaeus' experience except that he has been born again. He is now going to live a new life that he did before. Being born again is not simply about praying a prayer and in our heads agreeing with something about what Jesus did for us. Being born again is being invited to live a new kind of life. And this is exactly what Zacchaeus says he is going to do. After being called by name and being called Jesus' friend, Zacchaeus is sure that this friendship with Jesus will make a difference in his life. It's not something that he just agrees with. Yes, Jesus, you're my Lord. In my head, I know that to be true. Zacchaeus knows that a real change is required in his life because of this invitation to be Jesus' friend. And so his actions reflect that. In our own lives, Most of you in here today likely consider yourselves a born-again believer, one who has received the salvation that comes through Christ. And so I ask you today, what is this new life for you? What does it look like for you? How is your life different now than it was before? Or how is your life different now than it would be if Jesus wasn't a part of it? I think there are a lot of things, a lot of ways that each of us could answer that, but I want to suggest to you one way that these two stories, uh, one way that one of these these two stories say to us about what it means to be born again and to live a life of following Jesus. Suggest to you that living a life of following Jesus, being born again, at least part of it, means that we live our lives toward simplicity rather than accumulation. That is to say, in the Christian life, being born again means that there is a movement in our life toward owning less things. Frequently, when Jesus calls someone to follow him, he says to them, sell what you have and follow me. Sell some part of what you have, sell all of what you have, give up some good earthly thing and follow me. This is what Jesus says to the rich ruler. Jesus at one point says to his disciples, Do not be afraid, little flock, my disciples, for your Father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. So, my disciples, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make yourselves money belts that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near or moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Zacchaeus somehow knows immediately that being a friend of Jesus means moving towards simplicity rather than accumulating more things. 
And I think that this is part of the message that we need to hear from these two stories today. The story of the rich ruler and the story of Zacchaeus. Part of being born again means seeking to find ways to live lives more simply by getting rid of possessions. This is the case over and over again in the Gospels, in the book of Acts, and in the letters. Disciples consistently are asked to do this in one way or another. The rich ruler is told to give everything away. Zacchaeus immediately responds to Jesus by moving towards simplicity, by giving away some of these things that he has. The early church in Acts is described as people who sold their possessions in order for it to be used for the poor to care for those among them that had need. Part of being born again is to move toward simplicity in our life. To learn to see more and more that our possessions that we have are not our own. And they've been given to us only for one purpose. To be used for God. Jesus tells us it is hard for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. Why is this? Well, Jesus tells us in the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower of seeds. You remember that parable where uh, a man goes out to sow seed and some of the seed falls on different kinds of ground. Well, Jesus tells us in that parable that those who are choked out are those who have been choked out by the riches and concerns of the world. Our riches take up space in our heart. They tend to function like weeds in our garden. They take up space there. They take up nutrients that our spiritual life needs. Because by their nature, they need our attention and they need our management. They take up time that could be used to cultivating the life with, life with God and hearing the word. They choke out the word of God, Jesus says. Are all of us called, like the rich young ruler, to give everything away? No. But there is a consistent pattern in Scripture, in the life of following Christ, that moves us away from gaining more things and toward simplicity a movement away from accumulating more things and moving toward giving them away. This is at least in part what the stories of the rich ruler and Zacchaeus say to us today. To repent and believe is to know that Christ has called us by name, has called us into friendship with him, and part of this friendship with him is to recognize that our possessions can very easily get in the way of that friendship and to be sure that our possessions will not get in the way of that friendship. So I want to encourage you to consider a question. What would it mean for you to ask your friend Jesus, what can we do together with these possessions that we have? Jesus, how do you want us to use this money, this house, this car, this stuff? I want to be your friend. You have made me your friend. How can we use this together for you? The message for us today is repent and believe. 
If you are a follower of Christ already, this invitation from these two stories is to use your wealth in such a way that honors God and that causes you to become a deeper friend with Christ. Repent and believe that your life, your happiness, your satisfaction is not tied up in your wealth, but is tied up in relationship with God. If you are a wealthy person who loves God, who loves your neighbor, then you know that your wealth has been given to you as a gift to be used for Christ and his sake. God has given you your wealth to express your love for God and love for others. It is just one more way to live out your faith in Christ, to show that you love God and love your neighbor. So which rich man are you? Do you hear the stories of the rich ruler and the story of Zacchaeus and do you become anxious? Do you become frustrated or angry or even sad when you hear Jesus' call regarding our possessions? Or maybe do they excite you? Do they help you see even more clearly that these possessions are temporary and they are just another way, just another way for you to grow into a deeper friendship with Jesus. If you aren't a Christian this morning, Jesus is calling you by name. He is calling you by name, and he wants to become your friend. Through his death on the cross, you can be reconciled to God. You can become a friend of God. Become a friend by God by hearing this call in receiving the forgiveness that comes through Christ, by confessing your need for him and by being born again, living your life now in a way that is different than you lived it before. Which rich man are you today? Are you like the rich ruler who loved his possessions so much that you cannot receive the invitation to become Jesus' friend? Or are you like Zacchaeus? Are you like this man who knew that he needed Jesus and was willing to do anything to be his friend? Let's pray. God in heaven, thank you for calling each of us by name. I thank you that you know us, that you love us, and that you want to be our friend. Lord, I pray that in our lives that we would turn away from anything that keeps us from walking in a deeper friendship with you. Help us to repent from those things and to believe that our happiness and our satisfaction, Lord, our fulfillment in life will come through a relationship with you. Lord, help us to repent and believe. Amen.